Hello and welcome to the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. My name is Kyle Case and I'll be your host on this amazing journey as we attempt to help you get the most out of your life. Joining me in the studio today is my co-pilot, Jeff Harding. Jeff, how are you doing today? Kyle, I am well. Good. I'm good. You know, I, just, I never know what you're going to say, but I'm always like anxious and yet excited to see what it you is. Know, I look at the expression on your face just before you do my answer, and, I, and then after you do the answer, your eyes kind of roll back like, oh, he, he was normal today. Yeah, he did a normal one today, but uh, it's always fun. It's always fun. I'm glad that you're doing well. I'm not a whirling, whirling dervish today. Not today, no. but I know that there have been times when you have whirled just like a dervish. Yes, I have. Yes. At so a spin class. speaking of dervish and spin classes and just exercise in general, Yes, which is what we often speak about on the show. We do. I think when it comes to exercise, most of us, most people want the most bang for their buck. Would you agree with that? If they're going to spend a buck exercising, they want the most bang. You're right. And even if they're not going to spend a buck, but if they're going to spend their time exercising, well, they want... Bar, you know. The, the most benefit for the amount of time sure. and resources and whatever they're investing into it. The return on the investments. The That's thing. right. That's what we're looking for. Right. So that being the case, have you ever wondered which exercise burns the most calories? I probably should have, but I haven't. You've never wondered it, but now you're starting to. Well, I, I just know that the ones I'm doing <laughs> aren't burning many calories, so I need to know. Oh, you're okay. Okay. I, I don't know about that. I think you're burning calories, but I found this article in Time Magazine. It was written by Markham Hyde. And he asked that same question. What is the exercise that burns the most calories? I can hardly wait to find out. Well, let's be honest. I think I think we all want to know, Oh, right? yeah, we really do. Because if we're going to exercise, we want to be efficient with that, We're going to spend the time right? doing it. We want to get the most for it, right? So here's the thing. Exercise scientists for years have rigorously studied the amount of energy that people expend during different types of exercise. So did they burn a lot of calories during their rigorous study? I think that they probably did. They did. Maybe too. not as much as those who are exercising, but I think there were calories burned. I think so. So here's, here's the thing when it comes to exercise that you need to keep in mind, right? Okay. The more muscles that you engage uh-huh. and the harder and or longer that you push those muscles, the more energy your body is going to churn through. That makes sense. It does. There's logic does. there, right? Yeah. So this is according to Dr. Tim Church, who's an exercise research and professor of preventative medicine at Pennington Biomedical Research Center at Louisiana State University. That's a mouthful. That is. So in order to maximize the number of calories that you burn, he says you want to exercise that uses both lower and upper body muscle groups and is performed at a high intensity. So burpees. Well, burpees are an example, right? Right. So the one that he's talking about specifically is a CrossFit example. You know what CrossFit is, right? So in CrossFit, they have these interesting names. They're usually just names of people. That is a specific exercise that they do. Okay. And they found that the popular CrossFit workout called Cindy. Are you familiar with what Cindy is? I do not know what Cindy is. I didn't know what it was either. I know that they named them just these weird names, but I didn't know what Cindy was. It turns out that Cindy is the workout where you do a series of pull-ups, push-ups, and squats in as many reps as possible. I don't like Cindy. Yeah. (laughs) So, So the Cindy burns on average 13 calories per minute. And the workout itself lasts 20 minutes, so exercisers burned an average of 260 calories in total, and, and that was a pretty good one. I'll give up my cookie instead of doing Cindy, okay? That was okay. <laughs> that, was, that was a good workout. But he says that the per-minute calorie burn isn't always the best way to assess the workout's energy demands um, because the total time spent training and the person's willingness to stick with a workout are also important factors. So if you're extremely short on time, a high-intensity interval training 
is probably your best option. And we've talked about some of the other benefits that come with a HIIT workout. Yep. But in the real world, many people won't be comfortable or even capable of engaging in regular or extended bouts of high-intensity training. It's just a tough workout. It is. It's good for us, it but is. it's a tough one. So he says a more fair way to assess an exercise's true energy demands is to ask people to do it at a pace that is comfortable to them. And when it comes to vigorous calorie-burning exercises that people are comfortable doing for extended periods of time, running usually comes out on top of that list. And I think that makes sense too, right? It does. So according to an online calorie estimator from the American Council on Exercise, a 115-pound person running for 30 minutes at a slow to moderate pace, Mm -hmm. which they say is about a 10-minute mile, would burn approximately 260 calories. The same amount... Uh, of of uh, calories that were burned in a typical Cindy CrossFit type right. workout, a hundred and seventy five pound person would burn nearly four hundred calories doing that same thirty minute run though. So I'm about eight hundred calories. So, <laughs> I'm not going to do the math, but if you've done it that quickly, I'll I'll leave you to that. But if you pick up the pace when you're running, of course, you can achieve an even higher, greater rate mm-hmm. of calorie burn. And so running is a good one. Sure it is. So which one is it? If we're trying to find the best exercise, right? Right. So here's the, here's the bottom line, Jeff. I'm just going to tell you what they, what they said in the article because I think that this makes a lot of sense. The best workout for burning calories is the one that you will actually do. That was what I, I was actually, <laughs> really going to say that. That's the thought that came to mind. The one that you'll do is the best one. And it is true. It so is. if you find extreme forms of exercise that maximize your per minute calorie burn, something that you can and will do, then that's a great one. Do you, that you one. You know what I'm best at is jumping to conclusions. Jumping to conclusions is always I can do a that good all exercise. day long. Yeah. But if you can't stick with that and uh, you think that running could work out for you, then running might be the way to go. It might be, yep. So let's get a second opinion on that. I think we have an expert that might be able to help us out. We are lucky enough to have an expert. Today's guest is Dr. Susan Hart, an associate professor of exercise science and the chair of the Department of Health and Human Performance at Dixie State University. Dr. Hart, thank you for joining us today. It has already been a ball, and I've only been here about ten minutes. <laughs> so, so what do you think? This is your this is your area of expertise. Did I say anything that makes sense to you? Absolutely. And today, I think some of the the things that we're going to talk about are what really compromises successful living and fitness throughout the lifespan. And I think you've hit it, you know, the nail on the head right now. Is uh, is getting involved in things that you like to do and things that you want to do. And when you were talking about the HIT program and the Cindy program and so forth, that just kind of kept going. It was just reverberating. I'm thinking, <laughs> you know, where are they going to go with this? You know, how many people are really going to do this this high intensity right. type of workout? I'll and, tell you right now, not I. <laughs> yeah, and so you want to you want to really engage in some stuff that you find uh, fun and that you want to do, and 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 also some activities that that you know you're socializing. I know so so many times in exercise science, we talk about you know the best way of burning calories and. And, uh, and and that we talk in terms of exercise prescription and those types of things. I hear that all the time. And mm-hmm. the problem with using the word prescription is that, you know, people take it like a medication. And they think, you know, I'm a little bit obese. I want to get in good shape. So if I take this prescription, you know, I may right. lose weight. And it some fixes of the things, everything. If one's good, two's better. Right. And some of the things that you were, you were talking about in your article there, it's not only the calories that you're burning during the exercise about itself. But you continue to burn calories after that. There's an afterburn, right? And all of that's good. And so will you see some some fat loss and some muscle gain? You know, absolutely. Those are all good things. But um, but you want to you want once you once you reach that, if you're if you're really taking exercise as a prescription, then a lot of people just quit. You know, I'm just mm-hmm. done. Oh, I reached my goal. You know, and now I can relax. 
And so then they go through this cyclical thing, which can really be more detrimental than sure. than helpful. Yeah. And so, yeah, so today I think some of the things that we're going to talk about are, are, are activities that really comprise uh, 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 an activity program regimen that that you're going to want to do. And so you don't think of it as prescription. You'll just think about it as a, as a way that's of what life. You do. It's just yeah, your and lifestyle. You're not, you're not trying to save your 20 minutes to do exercise and activity. That's all part of the game. You look yeah. forward to it. You're trying to, yeah. Right. You're trying to find the 20 minutes to get your work in. You know right. what I mean? As opposed to, to your exercise. So, Absolutely. Sure. You're listening to the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life, and we're visiting with Dr. Susan Hart, who is an associate professor of exercise science at Dixie State University. And you use a term that I really like. Um, in fact, I love it when it, especially when it comes to senior sports and, and relation to the Huntsman World Senior Games, but you use, you use the term successful aging. So sure. tell, tell us what you mean by that. Cause I, I love that term. Well, when you think of successful aging, I mean, it's sort of a, a process, right? And a successful aging is really an, an accumulation of how we've lived our lives and, um, you know, the experiences that we've had, the people that we've met, and when it comes to things we're going to talk about on this show, specifically the choices that we make, uh, that we make for ourselves and, and really more about how we manage our lives, you know, in terms of that 20 minutes, is that something we're trying to work in or is that something that is such a part of our, of our lives that we're not, we're not trying to find the 20 minutes. We're trying to find that amount of time to, to get other things in. Yeah. So if you could come up with a one sentence definition for successful aging, what would it be? I think it's something that's very subjective. Uh-huh. Uh, in terms of what you feel is successful for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly, I think physical activity would be something that should be part it, of it that. It has to be a piece of that, it right? It has to be a piece of it because of all of the different uh, facets of life, domains, so to speak, of our lives that it affects. And, and these are some things that we'll talk about today. Yeah. I, lo- I love the, we use the term a lot at the Huntsman World Senior Games, active aging. And um, of course, we, we all want to be active uh, none of us look forward to, you know, being confined to a, a couch or a chair or whatever. Um, and I love that concept of successful aging as well. And I love the idea that it's a decision and that it's a process. And like we were talking about earlier, Dr. Hart, the thing that I, I really just love about this concept of the active life and active aging and just moving forward is that there isn't a one-size-fits-all. Um, there's so many options that are available, and there's not a... a you know, an absolute right or an absolute wrong way, but just find the thing that works for you. Right, right, right. right. About the only absolute wrong way is to do things. Is to that do are, nothing, right? To do, well, one, yes, absolutely, do nothing, and also to do things that are not safe. Do right. you know what I mean? If you right. if you have some certain conditions, then you need to be careful because you can hurt yourself. And in addition to that, um, you know, you can you can create a situation where then you can't exercise. Right. And I think this idea of, of exercising throughout the lifespan is so very important, you know, and, and we'll get to that. But so so yeah. let's do that. Let's talk about some of the types of exercise that are best for optimizing a quality of life, living that active life that we're all shooting for. Sure. And some people have asked me, you know, is it resistance training? Is it uh, running and aerobic fitness and so forth? And and I think the the bottom line is it's a combination of those things, you know, definitely. And and, um, uh, you know, you need to be training all the systems so that right. they are all optimizing uh, your your right. workouts and your, your successful living and your functional fitness. And I just wanted to share a few things. Um, if, if we are doing these things, I, I mentioned a while ago, it's affecting all of our domains of life. I mean, so often we think it's, you know, physical, the physical domain and so forth. And 
Um, that has to do with not only physical fitness, but also sensory motor fitness, sure. uh, our ability to attain motor skills. Yeah. And then, and then ultimately to be able to participate with friends and stuff in activities that are cool. You know, you don't want to just spend a lot of time. I, I sometimes feel sorry for people when I walk in a gym and they have that 20 minutes and they're on the treadmill. And I think, All by you know, themselves I, with their headphones on. Yeah, right? I bought a treadmill one time when I was pregnant. I bought one of those ellipticals, and I had one in my house. And that's about the only time I've had something like that. And it's a great place to dry my towels. <laughs> it worked out really, really well. But, you know, you live in St. George, Utah, and you're, you're on an elliptical or on a treadmill when you could be out with your friends and engaging in some other kinds sure, of activities. But sometimes since we don't live a healthful lifestyle, we have different different uh, not aspects to, right? of our body that start to degrade and then, and then we can't do stuff with our friends. We can't participate in sports and things like that. So, so uh, again, we, we live in such a great area here in southern Utah. But, but wherever you live, there are opportunities to get outside, to get into nature, even if it's a city park, uh, you know, and then that social aspect as well. Talk a little bit about how important um, mentally, psychologically, that social aspect of interacting with people is to your overall health and wellness as well. Well, I, I think it's absolutely essential. Do you know? I mean, it's, it's huge. Um, especially if you're, if you're talking about successful living, the treadmill will get you in shape. And then that's also, us only looking at one domain of our physical being, right? Right. That's looking at health related fitness. Right. And so, and that's good. That's a good thing, but um, there's other aspects. And, and so uh, we want to look at, at, you know, really development, especially as we get older, an enhancement of, of our cognition and uh, our abilities to, to do things what they, they call now uh, fluid intelligence, to make decisions and, and things like that. And I think exercising in groups and also uh, with other individuals, uh, there's a lot of research that shows that that's, that's really important in that. Uh, we need to be social. We're social creatures. In addition to that, psychological well-being, you know, um, improved attitudes toward, toward life, uh, our coping skills and our resilience, and we get that a lot of times not only in terms of just exercising and getting in shape, but in terms of being with other people. We start to develop also a term that we use a lot in some of my classes called self-efficacy. And that's a belief that we can do something, that we can actually do something. And a lot of times when you're exercising with other people, you start to realize, hey, I'm, you know, I, I can do this stuff. And yeah, I'm, sure. I'm kind of where they are. And, and that self-efficacy has really been a huge factor in determining whether I'm going to continue to exercise for, for a, life, a lifetime. Uh, I feel like I can do stuff. Do you know what I mean? Um, and the other aspect I think that we think about another domain in our lives has to do with spiritual, you know? Sure. And, um, and some of it has to do with this, like the aesthetic experiences that are fostered through ac- activities. Tai Chi, for example. And, and oh my gosh, at the university, um, as many yoga classes as I can offer in our activity program, if I offer it, they will come. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's incredible. I don't know how many classes we have right now, but... <laughs> All kinds of yoga, and I don't know a whole lot about it, but I go in there sometimes. It's Jeff like, and oh, I don't is... know a lot about it either. I, I don't either, but um, yeah, but it, but it's it's cool. It I involves really stretching get into it. is all we know, and yeah. yeah, but also we have such a beautiful outdoor environment here, and we've got a lot of individuals that are really into the rock climbing, the mountain biking, and kayaking, and and uh, yeah, I've got an individual at, at the university that's asked me multiple times, you know. Um, could I offer a, could, is there, is there a way that we could do some paddleboarding? Sure. And then this guy also offers, uh, yeah. we do, we have a paddleboarding class and he also does a yoga class. And uh, the other day I approached him, I said, Hey man, let's do a paddleboard yoga. And he's I, like, I, yeah, we're I, into That it. would be impressive. I've seen that it exists. I've, it. I've never participated, but I've seen it online. So. Yeah, absolutely. So I think sometimes you go out there and you do some of these things and you exercise with other people. And the other thing that we experience that we have, that that's a, a big part of this is a huge feeling of accomplishment. Yeah. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yep. And uh, yeah, I, I think you have just 
perfectly described a myriad of benefits that the athletes at the Huntsman World Senior Games experience. That that social aspect, the camaraderie, um, you know, you, you get on a team, a basketball team, a volleyball team, a softball team, and there's just something special about that. Getting out together, playing together, having fun together, well, sure. winning together, even losing together can have, you know, uh, benefits as well. And even and, individual sports. I mean, if you're going out running, you're running with a group of people that are your friends exactly. as well as your competitors. Exactly. Sure. And then, and, then, and then there's incentive to staying fit besides just your own physical sure. well-being, you know. I mean, you're looking at that and, and you certainly – uh, don't want to be the player that can't make it, or you know, they, you, <laughs> right, you hit a home right. run and you got to stop on third base. I had a, I had a guy. I lied to you not. Um, a lot of this has to do with just just attitude and where you know when we think we're old. You know, mm-hmm. I lied to you not <laughs> a kid the other day to a kid because I'm older. <laughs> but anyway, I had a, a a kid come up to me, a little bit older than the average student. I think he's like around 32 years old. Still I would, a baby, I would guess. Oh yeah, still a baby. <laughs> so anyway, um, he told me the other day. I, I said, I said, hey, I saw you out there playing in the softball league. He goes. Yeah, it was great. You know, had this great time. He goes, man, I hit this ball. I wish I wish I'd gone over the fence, but it was infield home run probably. But you know, I had to stop on had third. Stop had third. to stop at third, <laughs> take a breather. And he said, you know, I'm getting older. I looked at him. I said, are you kidding? You got you a know? ways to go, but young there's, man. There's a lot of misconceptions about aging and and uh, and a lot of excuses that can be made. And, well, let's yeah. let's talk about that for just a second, um, because I, I'm. You know, I'm 44, so you might call me a kid. I I feel like I'm starting. Wait a minute! To, wait a minute! Wait a minute! I, I feel like I'm starting. I'm only to, 45. Okay, I, feel yeah, like, I must look. Old. I'm, no, I'm kidding. No, no, I'm no. kidding. I'm quite a bit older than that. But I, I feel like I'm. Starting, <laughs> I'm just I'm just giving him a hard time. <laughs> I'm starting to turn that corner, though. You know, where like my knees are hurting and my hips hurting and my joints are not quite quite what they used to be. He's finding out what I've been telling him for years is true. Yeah, and I didn't believe him. I thought Jeff was just being lazy, but I'm finding out that it is true. So why is it that as we age? our performance tends to decline and what can we do to maybe slow that decline down? So there's a whole, there's a lot of misconceptions. Okay. And, and uh, you know, uh, if you look at statistics, you got to be careful about how you read them because there's a lot of statistics that will show you that, you know, starting at age 25, there's a, you know, so much percent loss in my oxygen delivery to muscles. And we have a, a, a drastic decrease and so a certain percentage each year, of, of bone mineral and, and, and things like that. And also fast twitch muscle fiber, how that degrades very, very quickly and so forth. When you read those statistics, you got to be really careful because you're reading overall statistics. You're not reading statistics of maybe someone who would remain physically active. Right. And so what we have found out is that those people that remain active throughout their lifespan, they can really reduce those, those percentages that we're seeing in degradation by, you know, 10 to 20 years. I'm lying. I'm not lying to you. Wow. So we have to, again, it's this whole idea of successful living and staying active is very, very important. One thing I just want to say too is, is uh, it becomes very, the, 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 the idea that, that we lose a lot of these things becomes really, really rapid if we don't stay active because one system starts to affect another so if we start, if we develop cardiovascular disease, do you know what I mean? Yeah. We, ha- we haven't exercised for a while. Well, that can be a really a rate limiter to a lot of other things that we can do because you can't exercise. Or if we develop osteoporosis very early on, then, and women sometimes have a difficult time with that. And that's become, uh, you know, something that CDC has a lot of concern about yeah. simply because now I'm going to go to the other end of the spectrum here. We have a lot of young people that don't exercise very often. Right. And so they don't build the bone mineral mass like they should. At least more than their thumbs. That's right. And women beyond the age of 30 and men typically around 50, we start to naturally lose bone mineral. 
no big deal if you have a good base, right? Yeah. Yeah. But if you don't, and, the, and this is the, some of the concerns of the CDC, if you don't, and we start to lose bone mineral naturally, then uh, then it you start to very, have problems, right? right? You start to have problems, and if you if you don't have a, a significant bone mineral mass, you can't exercise, you can't jog, you know, and those types. I do of want things. to ask this: if you have been inactive, and you become active, can you reverse some of the the losses that have occurred? Absolutely, especially in in certain body systems. I mean, the heart and the lungs are are some that are, are that will come back very quickly. Bone mineral mass, we got to be real careful about that. Um, uh, there's some research that shows that basically what what we can, we're able to do is to stop. Um, the declining matrix, but not necessarily, um, but not necessarily reverse, it. reverse it or build much more. And so, so, so we do want to take care of it. Yeah. And you guys that are parents out there and you've got kids that are couch potatoes, especially those that are young and they are going through adolescence. That is a prime time to build bone mineral. So um, that's, it's extremely important. And because we're, be, yeah. you're, you're creating the framework that you've got to, you've got to use for the rest of your life. So you mentioned a few chronic conditions like heart disease, osteoporosis, um, there's arthritis, there's, there's a variety of different things that, that uh, we deal with, especially as we age. Are there modifications that we should take into account as we continue to, to sure. try to exercise? Absolutely. And, and some of those are in, under our control, but some of that happens to us naturally. The, the conditions you talked about right now are those that are typically associated with an, with an aging adult, right? Right. It's just part of, part of the game sometimes. But uh, definitely, um, if you're a little bit older, you have concerns, uh, you know what I'm going to say, right? You need to for sure get doctor's clearance, and, right. and, but there's some considerations. Obviously, if it's cardiovascular disease, you want to make sure that uh, what you're doing is, uh, uh, is being very careful and maybe lower intensity exercise. And even lower inten- intensity exercise can be very beneficial for decreasing blood pressure. I mean, more so than people may think, even though you can't exercise at that high intensity, you're not doing the Cindy's and burpees and all of that. Um, it can be very, very beneficial for you. Um, arthritis, you know, I mean, I, I, I don't know how much time we have, but just I think... Couple, just I think, a couple of minutes. Yeah. So I think um, actually these modifications can be an entire show for another day, obviously. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but uh, yeah, there's and there's there's uh, uh, support groups and programs all throughout the city. I actually teach a class in effective exercise for older adults. It's a college course. And we do several field trips where we go out and we're, we, there's groups out there that have aquatic fitness for individuals with arthritis, um, yoga for the older adult, yeah. you know, and things like well, that. Well, I see a two-week field trip coming up soon. There you go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, and as you said, um, Dr. Hart, there's, there's lots of resources that are available here locally in the city of St. George. But wherever you're from, if you're listening to the podcast and you're from outside of the area, there's certainly resources that are available. Hit that Google, right? Do the Google search, find what's available, look for that yoga class, look for that senior exercise class, whatever it is. And the thing that I love the most about the active life that we talk about, and as you say, successful aging, is that you can start where you are, wherever that is, and then you can build from there. No, absolutely. And we see so much of that in our And so many conditions can be reversed, just like you said. And so um, get started, man, and get with some friends and, and get after it. It's really important. Oh, absolutely. Okay, in 15 seconds last piece of advice that you might share with somebody who's looking to start this journey? Get with a friend, start setting some goals, you know, and, and I think the first set of goals that you should try to consider is what can I do that would be active and yet where I can really have a lot of fun, you know? I love Very it. Yeah. I love yeah, it. Great, yeah. great advice. Dr. Hart, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks a lot. I We'd love to have it. you back sometime. You've a- got a absolutely. lot to share. That's, that's great. You so guys Jeff, have been fun. Oh yeah. Thank <laughs> you. Thank you, Dr. Hart. 
So Jeff, as you know, and as we've been talking about for the last couple of weeks, registration for the Huntsman World Senior Games is officially closed. That's right. But that does not mean that you can't participate in the Huntsman World Senior Games. Right. Because there's lots of opportunities to volunteer. We need thousands of volunteers. We need a ton of help. We end up using about 3,000 people in a variety of different ways. And the best way to find a volunteer opportunity to, to reach out beyond yourself and to help out with this event and meet some pretty amazing people from all around the world, the That's best right. way is to visit SeniorGames.net. Mm-hmm. You can click on the volunteer button and you will see that there are many, many ways to lend a helping hand at the Huntsman World Senior Games. So check that out. The 2018 dates for this year's games are coming right up. Uh, the games take place October 8th through the 20th. So uh, put that on your calendar and be a part of it as a volunteer, as a spectator. Uh, and of course, those who have signed up, we're looking forward to watching you participate as athletes. And I'm telling you specifically that volunteering for this event is amazing. People who do it have right. an incredible, incredible experience. And, and, and you can get up and move around and have a social experience too. Absolutely. So once again, SeniorGames.net, click on volunteer and see how you can be a part of the games. And also don't miss the Huntsman World Senior Games opening ceremonies. Plan on attending Tuesday, October 9th at 7 p.m. at Dixie State University's Trailblazer Stadium. We're going to have singing. We're going to have dancing. We're going to have that inspirational parade of athletes. It's an amazing show. And best of all, it's free. So bring the family, bring your neighbors, bring your youth groups, and come and be a part of the Huntsman World Senior Games opening ceremony. Celebrate with us. Remember to tune in live next and every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. Mountain Time on AM 1450 or FM 93.1 for the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. And you can also subscribe to our podcast pretty much anywhere the podcasts are found, including iTunes, Google, Stitcher, as well as TuneIn and Spotify. Once you've subscribed, give us a rating, write a quick review. It really helps us spread the word. Jeff, our inspirational thought for the day. Don't limit your challenges. Challenge your limits. That's it. Until next Thursday, stay active. Bye, everyone.